Hi, and welcome to Let's Talk UDL, the podcast that is going to help you bring universally designed learning into your academic spaces. My name is Benedict. I will be your guide as we interview experts on UDL practice. As someone who has had to navigate the education space while being blind, I know the importance of universal design for learning. But UDL is not only for those who are differently abled. UDL is an opportunity to improve the learning space for all students. So, join me and my guest as we give you the tools and the resources you need to improve your education practice for all students. Welcome to Let's Talk UDL. This is the third episode and I'm your host, Benedict. In today's episode, we will be discussing UDL in practice. Our main focus is in disability studies in education, where they've developed a short course around UDL. So today we are briefly going to unpack the nature of the course, um, the experiences around designing the course, and most importantly, what I truly hope that you as a listener are going to take is some lessons uh, that the designers, even those who have been involved in the course, have experienced. And to discuss this, I'm joined by my two lovely guests today, uh, Chantelle Samuels. She's the researcher from the IDEA. The IDEA is an acronym for Including Disability in Education in Africa. And um, I'm also joined by my colleague. Um, she and I, we share an office, so I know her very well if she says I'm wrong. Probably she is right because she's always with me. Um, her name is Kristen Van Tonder. She is the supporting staff at CELT, our department here at the University of Cape Town. Ladies, welcome. Thank you, Benny. Thank you, Benedict. How are you all feeling? I'm feeling good. Good, just cold. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, yes, it is cold in South Africa. So now, Chantel, I'm going to start with you. We are talking about um, UDL in practice and you and the colleagues there at the IDEA have sort of designed a course um, for grounding UDL. Could you briefly tell us more, what is the nature of uh, the course that we have designed? Who um, were some of the students and... Um, what exactly is the course about? So, Benny, this was previously an eight-week online short course. Um, it's now a 10-week short course. The aim of the course um, is to empower educators to reflect critically on their own disability-inclusive practices and promote equity, equal access, and dignity for learners with disabilities. We also explore the use of universal design for learning within the practices of inclusive education. So the content covers um, educational policies, frameworks, approaches for the inclusion of learners with various disabilities. We also cover various impairments, um, sensory, intellectual, and physical. 
What most students find interesting is the educational experiences of persons with disabilities. So that is part of the course. So while we target educators, we have found that educators, ECD practitioners, health professionals, and disability activists enroll in this course. We have activists and educators globally and locally attending, and we work in partnership with training institutions who recruit interested students um, from diverse backgrounds. The courses, it's largely an online course, but in the past we have had an in-person component which was offered by the training institution. They had facilitators facilitating in-person sessions with the students. Um, and so that's generally what the, the short course is all about. Oh, that's fantastic, Chantel. But now one would ask, I mean, there are many inclusivity frameworks that you could have chosen to deliver the course. Um, I'm sure all of us, the three of us here, being involved in the learning spaces, we know that there are very pedagogical strategies that one could implement to deliver the course. Now, my question to you would be, oh, why did you choose rather um, UDL instead of any other learning frameworks or pedagogies? So for me, there are many reasons. I think one of the reasons was the aim of the course. And the aim of the course is to empower educators and encourage them to reflect on disability, inclusive practices. And so for us, it was imperative that we have a framework which aligns with this aim. There were also um, studies done in the past, um, recently, quite recently actually, which have shown that educators are challenged with curriculum adaptation. And so the inclusion of an inclusive approach which could be applied to curriculum was also imperative. Um, so they could embed this approach in their professional practice. Um, we also need to, as a unit, we need to practice what we preach. And so, and in so doing, consider the learning needs of the participants of the course as well. UDL is not only for students with disabilities, it takes into consideration that all learners have different learning styles. For me, as a member of a team designing for inclusion, UDL simplified the process for me with its checkpoints and guidelines and continues to provide this guidance and direction in reaching all learners and meeting their specific learning needs. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then also most of these students, they focus on, a on very practical components of the course, they even expressed a need for a practical assessment. And so it makes sense to provide them with an opportunity to experience the practical implementation of a, um, a framework which considers inclusive practices. Also, I think one of the other reasons was through the use of UDL, we were able to align our course with UCT's Vision 2030 as well. So there were many reasons for using this framework in the delivery of the course. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, um, Santel. Now, Christian, um, you and I work a lot around access to technology. And um, I believe that even within the UDL framework, technology plays a huge role. So in this course, what, um, how did technology um, play a role here in the implementation of the course and um, what sort of strategies, I'm sure even not for this one, Chantel could also try to 
uh, bungee thing. But I think I'll highly appreciate if you can be the one to start first um, around the role of technology in the implementation of UDL. And then Chantel could just swiftly jump in and also let us know the strategies that they have implemented during um, the course. Sure. Thank you, Benedict. So in this short course, because it was a hybrid course, uh, we wanted to have as many engaging components on the learning platform as possible. And that aligns with the UDL principle of having multiple ways for students to engage with content. So first thing we had was multiple means of representation of the content. So we had readings, we had cartoon representations, we had videos, and we always, for accessibility purposes, include transcripts with our videos, other ways that we use technology to foster engagement was through the use of the discussion forum tool on the platform as well as the comment tool and we also incorporated the use of padlet boards on the site so padlet board is a nice way to have many students provide comments or post images or even videos on one website page and then they can engage with each other's comments like it or reply and th these tools helped us to implement strategies for incorporating UDL in the course delivery. And I think I've, I've um, shown a lot of communication strategies. Um, but mm. Chantal, if you can add for us uh, in terms of the assignments. Okay, sure, no problem. Um, so I think I'm just going to take a step back before I get to the uh, the assessments. And we considered, obviously, with the redesign process, we considered, so what, what would multiple means of representation look like? Mm -hmm. What would multiple means of action and expression look like? And what would multiple means of engagement look like? And then for us, some basic things that we implemented was um, ensuring that recordings were available to students, recordings of the, um, of the live sessions. So students could either attend the synchronous sessions, or they could always go back and revisit those, um, whatever was covered in that session also. Um, so it provides them with that sort of flexibility. Um, we had videos and we had transcripts of those videos. And then we also had um, various text resources available to students. Um, with action and expression, we gave students... Um, opportunities to present their work either in an audio format or in like in a written form. And with um, engagement, we offered them opportunities for group work, individual work. There were tutorials. Um, technologically, obviously, we have those breakaway rooms in, I think it's Zoom. So we gave them those opportunities. Um, so for those students who were comfortable with large groups, there was the live session, but those who weren't that comfortable and preferred a more intimate setting, there were the tutorial groups and the breakaway rooms. And um, and yes, obviously, we had the options of the asynchronous, so they could engage with the um, materials asynchronously or synchronously. And then with the assessments, we um, we started with this, um, the so they could either present their work in an oral format or a written format. And then we had live 
um, sessions for students as well, where we did Q&As on whatever written um, uh, assessments they submitted. Um, so there were quite a few different ways, whether they wanted to do short videos, whether they wanted to do live sessions, whether it had to be audio, whether it had to be written. So we provided them with all those opportunities when it came to assessments. And I think that students were quite appreciative of the opportunity to um, to be able to do it in that way. Mm, that's fantastic. Now, for someone who might be thinking of doing this and they thought, oh, boy, um, what about the challenges that white might experience? How will I solve them? And this is why I'm going to ask you the question, both of you. What are some of the challenges that um, you have experienced during uh, the course implementation? And um, how did you sort of try to work around uh, those challenges? With the challenges, we found that um, because these short course students have never experienced our particular learning management system, mm -hmm. um, few of them were not adequately computer literate, I suppose one could say that. Um, there were some linguistic issues. Um, so, so those were generally the, the issues that we dealt with. And so when we started the course, we didn't have all that information. And we, what we've now implemented is what we call a pre-courser. And I'm sure a lot of educators and presenters or conveners, they, they've already implemented that. It sounds very basic, but it actually works. So we were able to, through this pre-course server, we're able to gather information on their learning needs. Um, is there an impairment that requires any specific, specific um attention um, in regards to what needs to be in place technologically? Um, is there any specific training that they require beforehand? So for example, they've many of them have never navigated a learning management system. And so mm -hmm. we need to identify that and then um, provide them with the necessary training. And so what we've done is we have this pre-course survey in place as well as what we call an orientation week where they are able, they're given the opportunity to share either their concerns, their expectations, um, and, and we're able to um, introduce him to, to talk to, to their tutors. So even um, giving them channels to follow. So if they're experiencing any issues, they, they know exactly who to go to, who to contact. So that is your contact person, your tutor. She sees to all of those things. I'm giving them good grounding and a good strong foundation before we even move on to the content. Because what happens is even if you have UDL in place, those sorts of factors could hamper the effectiveness of UDL. And I think that for us, that was the, it was not that we did not have um, sufficient um, resources available to students. We hadn't implemented um, sufficient strategies in regards to UDL. It was rather understanding who is the student, what are the needs, and how do we adapt accordingly? Which checkpoints do, do we refer to? Which guidelines do we refer to to assist us in resolving those kinds of issues? I think that was, was one of the the main issues or challenges that we faced. Also being an online um, course, we had to consider student engagement. A lot of the times online courses um, make uh, students feel isolated or excluded. 
Mm. And so we ensured that those tutorial groups provided the necessary support to students if any of those sorts of feelings arose. And so for us, student engagement was a really important aspect of the course. So what what opportunities are we providing for student engagement to ensure that there's no exclusion, feelings of exclusion or isolation? From your side, Christian, as um, you... Well, you answered my question around technology and Chantel also mentioned that students were not that um, advanced as far as the LMS is concerned. Um, From your expertise, uh, what are some of the unforeseen sort of barriers that you also might have experienced working with a student that Chantel maybe might have said it, but maybe you can expand more on them? Yes, so I think many of the external factors that can hamper a course was important to acknowledge. So things like connectivity issues, load shedding in South Africa, so Mm -hmm. electricity blackouts. And one way, and, and of course, because our course runs online, if we don't have connectivity, if your students can't connect to the site, they can't access the learning content. So or even submit assignments. So one way in which we tried to um, overcome this challenge was, again, as Chantal mentioned, is having these very, very engaging tutorial groups and having students know that they can really find support from their tutors. So the WhatsApp groups for the tutorials were very important and Students, if they were unable to, let's say, um, submit their assessment on the online platform, we gave them opportunity to send it to the tutor via WhatsApp. And then in that way, the course convener could access it. And I think, yeah, even, and as Chantal said, technology, online learning can be a very isolating space. So it's it's always important to include that human element. And I think with the tutorial groups that was one of our our main main points to keep that engagement going and but i also think for issues like unfamiliar platforms navigating the platforms we created tutorial videos or like a how-to video of navigating the site and in general the vula our learning platform here at uct but also specifically to the core sites, Vula, the the courses Vula site. So in those ways, I think we try to to bridge that gap in the learning curve of navigating a learning management system. Ah, thank you so much, Christian. Now, Chantel, um, in closing, there's somebody sitting somewhere in the world is impressed with this um, discussion, and they're thinking, hmm. I would like to do this, but now how do I ensure that I provide equitable access uh, to my student? What sort of advice would you give um, a designer, a course designer or a lecturer who's thinking, I want to do this, but now where do I start? Okay, I'm going to start by saying there are so many, firstly, there are so many resources available. Um, uh, SILT, for example, has these resources available to assist you in the implementation 
of UDL. So that that's one avenue. There are so many other resources available on the internet. I think also what is important to keep in mind, it might sound exhausting and it might sound time consuming, but I think starting with the basics is, is the way to go. Um, that would be my main tip. It looks and seems overwhelming, but start with the small things. If, for example, you just convert a PDF document into a Word document, that's one way. Um, and accompanied with that, you have a video on the same content. And then you ensure that students have a discussion around that content. So that those are small things that can be implemented. Um, the other thing is I think it's important to realize that this is a collaborative effort. It's not something that you can do in isolation, that you can do on your own. You need to understand that with our process, there was an entire team working on that. We had, on this process, we had a learning designer, an ed tech advisor, conveners. We had the tutor um, Yes, that, that was the group. And then obviously the conveners presenting. So you have your presenter's perspective or voice there as well. And so having all those voices um, assists in that particular process. I mean, we were brainstorming. We had deadlines, um, timeframes. And, and it wasn't exhausting because it was it actually became so exciting. We could see the development. We could see the changes. We didn't have to think of everything ourselves. I mean, learning designers would come up with ideas or we'd come up with ideas and they would say whether this would work or what needs to be done um, with that. So um, I think it's important to understand that there are materials available. It is a, a, a collaborative effort that needs to take place and then just remember to do the simple things do the the easy things first do the basic things and then progress from there and that's exactly how we've um this is the philosophy we've adopted so with each cohort we've made either additional changes or realized okay that doesn't work we need to do it in a different way so for me that that would be my my tip thank you so much Chantel and thank you so much Christian now, wow, uh, I'm not sure about you, but I am very much impressed. And um, I think what these two ladies have given us is a clear, practical step to steps on how to develop, deliver and implement UDL in your course. I certainly hope that you have learned something. We will try to, we will post um, the resources that um, might assist you in developing and implementing UDL. Thank you so much for joining me. I will see you in the next episode. Goodbye. Thank you for listening with us today. This podcast is produced by the Center for Innovation in Teaching and Learning at the University of Cape Town. For more information and to see all our podcasts, find us online.